Boy, can I help you? Listen up. I'm bringing you the best content to ever exist in the door-to-door industry from sales, leadership, recruiting, and personal development. Well, why would I need that? Because never before have we been able to collaborate with the top experts in their industries, sharing their secrets and techniques on what makes them the best. Wait, who, who are you? I'm your host, Sam Taggart, creator of the DDD Experts and DDDCon. Is there a place we can sit down? Well, come on in. Register today for DDDCon, January 10th through 12th. Learn from over 40 amazing speakers, including the real wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort. Come as a team, learn as a team, leave as a tribe. All right, welcome everybody to the DDD Podcast. I'm Sam Taggart, your host, and I'm here with a very special guest, Craig Manning. And he is one of the new speakers at DDDCon next January, and he's a uh, performance psychology, psychology, and he's a mental... He does mental performance, right? Yep. That's uh, so, wh- like, what does that even mean? Before I kind of give you more, I'm yeah, curious, like, yeah. define that real quick. Well, there's really three levels of psychology. There's the mental illness, you know, therapist, counselor, psycho, you know, Freud stuff. That's mental illness. Then there's um, positive psychology, which is trying to help people to be healthier and happier, which is more the life coach type of approach. And then what I do, though, is performance psychology. So helping people actually create skills, mental toughness skills, mental, uh, so they can learn their physical skills faster and we can change the patterns, mind mapping, take their performance to higher levels. So and developing people and getting them to perform. And that's an important, like one of the, probably the most important things to learn in our business because it's kind of like, if you don't, if you don't, hunt and you don't perform and you don't yeah. you don't you know right. you don't sell you don't make money yeah. and, and you're fish out of water so yeah. it's like one of the biggest issues and challenges i think leaders and owners and reps deal with is just like man i wish we were performing at a higher level yeah and so i'm excited to dive into some of the strategies and yeah. things and science that you've learned because you've been a professor at byu for how long now? Yeah, about 20 years we need to talk about the hunting thing when we have time because that is so true. Is that okay? Yeah, we can but, talk on that. Yeah, because that's massive. Because when you're when you're not when you're on the hunt, you're mentally engaged. You're always focused on what to do. When you're not, the wrong mindset is you're always worried about this out to in mindset. And those are the two binary mindsets. Are you focused on what to do? Or are you focused on what not to do? That's oh, I like really that. the core. Yeah. Cool. And then you're author of the Fearless Mind, Fearless which mind, yeah. I've read. Maybe three or four years ago, and it's funny because I, I picked it up the other day, and I was, you know, I saw all my underlining and my notes, and I'm right. like, wow, I'm gonna go interview this guy. So <laughs> they can get the book on thefearlessmind.com. Yep. Right? Yep. It's a phenomenal book talking on how to improve your own mentality, how to be a higher performer, and we'll yep. talk on that right. for a minute. Yeah. But um, also, you can check out, you know, you have some courses and stuff like that, and videos and yeah, training. Fearless. So I've got the book, The Fearless Mind, and on the website, thefearlessmind.com, there's there's an abbreviated version of the course I teach at the university and and there's also coaching weekly coaching on there as well so yeah that's cool that we actually could access that because yeah. you've coached not only like professional athletes or BYU athletes to phenomenal Olympians I mean yeah. and we're gonna talk on that like so I guess yeah tell me like who've been some of the like your favorite people you've worked with or teams? Yeah, I've been or? working, I've been spending a lot of my time lately as we were talking. I, I started doing a lot of one-on-ones and it evolved to doing teams to have a bigger effect on the team because culture is massive. To where I spend a lot of my time these days coaching coaches. And to me, a coach is a manager, it's a parent, it's a teacher. It's, I, I've, I've spent time coaching in the NBA, Jason Kidd, um, 
um, some of these these sorts of names. So I spend time coaching them on the psychological side of performance and they take that information and adapt it to the X's and O's of what they do. And, and so he's just one of, of many coaches I've been able to work with both kind of at that level, which is fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. What have you done with the Olympics? I know that that was a piece that you've yeah, big, spent yeah. time with. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. I was with Aerialist at first, working with Matt Christensen, who's now at Red Bull. He's one of the directors of high performance at Red Bull, but worked with him yeah, for Vancouver and we did really well. And so then they asked me to be over uh, snowboarding and, and freestyle. So worked with Mike Janikowski there. He was awesome. Both Matt and, and Mike were awesome. What we did with both those coaches is is create this shield around the athletes so that they could really focus on what they're doing, get their mind in the right place, but get everyone so that they could, when it was time at the Olympics, they could actually focus on you know, what their core competency was and not get all this other interference. Which is so interesting. I watched an interview with Sean White. Yeah. And he talked a lot about that, like yeah. putting in his headphones and his routine yeah. and just like yeah. being in the zone. Yeah. And so I hope to dive into the yeah, science. That's we yeah, that's yeah. I, I that's really created. I want to yeah. dive in because it's a it's a science. It's a it's a mathematical equation. It's hard right? science. Yes, it's everyone thinks it's when people say the soft skills. I hate that. It's not the soft skills. These are tangible, hard, real skills. Yeah, I want so, to go through that when we get to that. Yeah, and DDDCon, you're going to at least blow our minds, right? I mean, yeah. that's what, that's what yeah. I'm excited. So this podcast is like, if you're, you know, want to know who Craig is, we're going to dive into some of that science, but obviously to learn more, go to get your book and, to, you know, go to your website and then at DDDCon, we're going to have some sweet stuff yeah. there too. So yeah, that'd be great. Well, let's, let's dive into this. And I want to talk on, I guess, real quick, some of the most craziest like what would be some of the craziest shifts that you've seen from guys going from low to high? Like, yeah, huge. You know. Okay, love that. When I first started working with the Olympic team, Matt Christensen brought me in over aerialists. Aerialists okay. are the guys that come down the hill, go off the jump, 60 feet in the air and land it. They were dropped on their heads as a kid. Yeah, you right. Know, kind of like, it's, why it's do you do that? Funny story, because uh, Matt was connected with Red Bull and they're all got ADD. They all got ADHD. These guys. Yeah. Same, just, same as sales Matt. guys. There's, right. There's a common characteristic there. The mind's spinning yes. so fast, and Matt does too. And he walks up one day, and he he comes out, and he's got two cases of Red Bull on either shoulder, and he dumps it down in the snow. He's like, "Guys, there's a Red Bull." I'm thinking, I need to confiscate that from you guys. You're already wired as it is. But no, but I, it's, it's it was, I'm actually getting Five Hour Energy Red Bull or Monster to come really? sponsor DDD Con. I love it because I swear Bull, they're I addicted. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so one, the first guy he wanted me to work with was a guy that, uh, he was 26 years of age, he was struggling, it was in October, and um, that, that's right when they're about to leave. So I didn't want to mess him up, you know, it's, I've just barely been introduced to him. I'm still pretty young at the time. And so I gave him a journal, so the, the tool I use a lot, so I gave him a journal and took, gave him my email address and phone number, told him to reach out to me if you need me, because I didn't want to start saying, hey, do this, do this. He goes out on the World Cup tour and he starts sending me these massive long emails, like massive emails, all on what not to do. There was nothing of what to do. Can you see the wrong mindset there? The mind is binary. You're either focusing on what to do or what not to do. Carol Dweck, a Stanford professor that wrote the book Mindset, says we either have a growth mindset or a fixed, or either a learner or a non-learner. Can you yeah. see that? And so he was focusing on what not to do. And he did terrible, finishes. I'm sending him emails back saying, okay, this is great detail, but what, what do you need to do? He ends up finishing 49 out of 50 competitors on the World Cup Tour, quits, goes back to Colorado and is done. 
Um, I ended up flying him out there. I meet with him, convince him to come back, and I spent nine months just remapping his mind. So everything of what not to do back to what to do. It was a long story, but you know, getting him using the journal, I met with him every week for an hour, reprogramming his mind. Next year on the World Cup tour, he won three, three World Cups and a World Championship, number wow. one in the world. So he went from 49 out of 50 competitors, there was only 50 allowed on the tour, to number one in the world in one year. And I already knew the power of the mind because of what was happening with my own tennis program, but that was dramatic. That was from basically last. That was like last, yeah, almost like just getting cut, basically quitting. And we track everything, so we measured how much they sleep, their their quad strength, everything. And that was the only variable that we changed was the mindset. Yeah, it's like it's not like he was faster. It's not like he was necessarily working and doing the same tricks as the year before. You don't change your tricks two years out from the Olympics. You're just trying to get the muscle memory. Nothing was changed. The only thing we changed was the mindset. Really? Yeah. And it's funny because I tell people this in sales. I'm like, people are like, I'm saying what you're saying, Sam. I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> like, you are. You're reading. Yeah, you're, you're literally watching my video. You read my script. Yeah. Yet you get terrible results. And they're like, it's broken. You can't do what you do. I'm yeah. like, no. It's my mind. You is it in the right way. Yeah. I'm like, it's my yeah. mind is in a different spot. <laughs> That's right. So... Is there any other crazy stories that you're like, man, I, you know, any interesting story through your coaching and working with athletes? I know that you worked with a, a basketball player that we all probably know that. that yeah, there's so, so many. And, and I honestly, some of the stories I, I'll hold back because if you're not, if you don't really believe, if you don't have self-belief, yeah, you don't want to believe it. Like the stuff I've seen, I'm so passionate about the power of the mind because of stuff I've seen. Because you worked with the Cavs a few years back, Yeah, right? I worked with the Cavs. Is this they, the year that they went? They won the championship. But I'm, I'm talking like they were down 3-1 or something, 3-0. Yep. Yeah, so this is what happened. They, they had the biggest payroll in the NBA, but they weren't gelling as a team. And, every, and this is not secret. Everyone knew they weren't playing. Yeah. You got LeBron's back, and they came into town to play Utah early, and I think late January, late January or early February, and they called me and asked me to come up and do a training and to and to work with uh, one of the guys, a couple of the guys. This one guy was averaging 12.2 rebounds, points a game, 12.2 and 7 points, no, 12.7 and 7.2, 12.7 points a game, 7.2 rebounds a game. Three sessions later, and as we were, we were talking earlier, I like to do it every other week, so they, I gave them mental skills and wanted him to work on the skills, and it takes a couple of weeks. So three sessions, six weeks, he averaged 23.7, and 12.2 for the rest of the season. That's an increase of 10 points and five rebounds. This is at the NBA level, that's an increase. How much money are you gonna get paid to do that? Not just increase, just alone. Yeah. And so we end up being the hottest team. We, we got the culture working together. Everyone's playing together. We were the hottest team in the league. We go in, we sweep the Pistons, we swept the Hawks. We got a little bit of fat egos against the Raptors, which is sometimes good for me because then they're more teachable. Got them back in the right mindset. We finish out the Raptors. We go in to play the Warriors, and they're calling me up saying, yeah, where our goal is to shut down Stephen Clay. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the wrong goal. We're in the wrong mindset. That's, that's what, reactive. That's re- Yeah, there you go. You focus on what not to do instead of what to, to do. do. Yeah. And so we end up going down 3-1. They're like, no, 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 we're going to do this. If we don't shut them down, they go for 120. And so we end up shutting down Stephen Clay and lost by 30. Because can you see when it's you're focusing not doing, yeah. when you're focusing on somebody else? If I'm trying to shut you down, it's very what's defensive. It's it passive. is, and what's happening to me using my strengths? Yeah, you see, I need to go score forty points in this right. game. Right. Yeah. See, if I'm focusing on you, what happens to my own performance? 
I'm just worried about so down. much about you. Yeah, it has yes. to go down. So anyway, long story, there's some, a lot of details, but I end up talking backwards and forwards from my the contact there and it got heated. One of the calls got heated, he swore at me twice. And finally I said to him, look, what you're saying to the greatest player in the, in the world is you're not good enough to win executing your own skills. And he went deathly silent. Wow. And I finally said, it's like playing chess. When you play chess and you're always trying to stop your opponent, you're always moving behind, you're always what's always going to happen? You're just you're, you're just always running. Gonna lose, yeah, right? you're always gonna lose. And I said, stop talking about the worries. They need. To, he's like, what do you want us to do? I said, call a meeting. Tell them stop talking about the worries. They need to be the team that must not be named. Focus on your strengths. Get everyone to go around the room. What your strengths are, and talk about what your strengths are, and then um, be proactive, which is instead of reactive, be proactive. Those are the three things. Stop worrying about your opponent. So focus on what you're doing first. Second, build around your strengths. Third, be proactive. We end up coming back. Winning the NBA. By the way, next game it, we it was something like 141 to 140. Because he, he threw that thing out to me again. If we don't shut them down, they're going to score 120. I said, so what? Score 121. Yeah. The next game they beat him 141 to like That's 140. Such a high scoring Kobe, no, Kyrie and Braun both went for 40. That That's game. Insane. It was unreal. Then the next game was like 126, 125. Then the next game was when Steph threw his mouthpiece, and I love, he's so good mentally. And I, I've always been a fan of the Warriors culture, but when he threw his mouthpiece, I'm like, oh, we got a he's chance. He's broken. He's, yeah. he's snapping a little. Yeah, he's snapping. Then last game. Yeah, he never gets, fl- like, he just no, always has smiles. He has a does great mindset. Very, very mentally tough. But then that last game, we just executed to our strengths. And LeBron on the floor, Doris, uh, uh, ESPN reporter grabbed him when he stood on the floor and said, LeBron, what did you do different? He said, we changed our mindset. That is, doesn't that just make you feel like a hundred bucks? I mean, just like, that is so cool. It's like, yeah, and I mean, the, check should have been, the check should have been a much bigger check on the series. And the thing is, most people kidding. don't know what's going on behind oh, the scenes. They sure. don't know what we're talking and about. And he's never going to be like, well, this guy and this guy and this guy. And no he one, told me to say this. And yeah, no, no one... See, that's a lot of the work. It's behind the scenes. Yeah. No one really knows what's going on. And there's no way I'm saying they won their championship because of me. I'm just saying mindset is that important. But the, I think that's that's such an important principle is because so many people look at them holding a, a trophy, mm-hmm. but they forget the mental journey that they had to go through to get yep. there. Yep. It's like a, the combination of work ethic and the right mindset behind that work ethic. Yes. It's absolutely, you've got to have the skills. Yeah. And you've got to keep developing the skills. But if your mind's locked, you're not using the skills you already have. Well, it's like, take, take Tiger Woods. Right, Like Great. I mean, it, it's like, pinnacle, boom, to nothing. Yeah. And it's like, holy cow. Like It's not like he got unskilled. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it no, all sorts body. of interference. He's got all these skills. And I like to say, all this interference was like covering up those skills and locking his skills. And to unlock those skills, he's got to work on these mental skills to get the most out of them. So let's talk mental skills. Let's talk what yeah. are the tangible scientific things that we can... Okay, great. I yes, love like, yeah, I it's love like, this. okay, yeah. I am a leader and I want to unlock this dude's potential. Yeah. Here's some skills, go. This is when you talked about the hard science at the leading. Yes. Here is the hard neuroscience. This yes. is cutting edge neuroscience. Neurons that fire together, wire together, okay? Neurons yeah, that fire explain. together to wire together. So when a neuron fires, it sends a, a message and, it, and myotopia wraps around the, the synapse making a connection. This is the science behind patterns. It's creating a pattern. 
So how that neuron firing is your self-talk. So if you talk to yourself in a subtractive way, not negative, we always use the word negative, subtractive, meaning focusing on what not, not to, to do. do. Subtractive is always taking Cause, away. Because we always interpret, like I'm, I'm still being optimistic, I'm talking, uh-huh. hey, we could still win if we shut down Clay and those guys. Right. Versus, so can you see what's going that's on? subtractive, it's not negative. You, you think about the word subtractive. Subtract means what? You're talking about the, the black versus white, right? the white. Yeah, yeah, you're talking. Right, so if you're telling yourself what not to do, what has to happen to your performance? You, what won't happen, yeah, yep. what not to do. Yeah. So the neuron, if you tell yourself what not to do, your neurons are firing and creating the, the, a pattern of thought. And the more you do it, that pattern gets in the subconscious. Okay. Now what happens to your performance? Goes down. It goes down. So what the science is saying, science says neurons that fire together wire together. In other words, whatever we think about the most is who we will become. And science says whatever we think about the most t- creates a physical connection. So is this soft science or is this hard this science? This is hard science. It's, it's creating diff- real physical neurological pathway. Do you ever, and I don't want to take you on a too big of a tangent, but are you like in the labs and like checking people's like... There's people that do the biofeedback okay. and I've done biofeedback, which is great, but I'm more in how do you create the new patterns. Okay. And so that's really the key is it's not about cha- it's not about getting rid of the old patterns because once they're there, they're there long term. Oh, so it's hard it, to, it, you can't just like delete them. You can't delete them. It's, you just want to stop reinforcing them. And so it's almost like that muscle shut down and yep. you created a new muscle. Yes. And it's like, I just know I use this muscle. It's this muscle is just dead. Yep. It's just a dormant. Stop pulling weeds because if you pull yes. weeds, the seeds fall and land in the soil and grow back worse. Yeah. So every time you pull weeds, you're spreading the weeds. Instead, water like, water the grass and fertilize the grass so and the, the roots grow deeper and richer kill and it'll the squeeze the weeds out. Love that. So the opposite, obviously, instead of subtractive is additive. So what I'm saying is instead of being reactive, be proactive. And so when you're telling yourself what to do, that neuron is firing what to do. Well, I think naturally we're wired to be reactive or right. be subtractive. Okay, so I think we've become natural we've, because we've constantly told ourselves what not to do. That's what I'm saying. And we're coached by it, not because we have bad parents, but because no one knew this. This science is cutting edge. Well, I think, it, it, have you read the book that Ego is the Enemy? Yeah. It yes. talks about that. Exactly. It literally is talking, or not Ego, or the de- or Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting, outwitting the, the Devil, the, I knew where you are going. Outwitting the Devil. Yep. And he talks about this whole... Okay, can we go there? Yes. So in that fourth chapter, yes. Napoleon Hill's Interviewing the Devil. I yes. love this. you got to... you got to... Oh, I love it. And he's saying, he, the devil wants to be called your majesty, right? Yes. And he says, well, tell me, your majesty, how do you do this? He says, it's quite simple. I just op- occupy the empty space in people's minds. That's what I was going at. And the, the occupying the space is the subtractive thoughts. If you let subtractive thoughts in, you're letting the devil into your mind. Yes. The opposite... It's proactive. The proactive. It's filling it's the space. It's to do, yes. And being proactive about filling that empty space. Okay, yes. And as I'm you do that, it. now you're creating real physical connections of what to do. And they're getting in the subconscious. So what will happen to your performance? What will you do? So I'm changing people at the core. That's why, guys, coaching is so big. That's why coaching is so important. It's so because funny. Because we though. impact everyone we come in contact with. So now from the time we're... You have kids now. What do you want to be telling your kids from the beginning? Don't touch the hot plate? No, you tell them, keep your hands down. Instead of saying to your kids, don't do this, tell them, you need to do this. Yes. And there's the, there's the beginning. It's simply 
wow, my whole parenting shifted just barely. Like, yeah. can you see the change? I want to catch my language. Like, I think I'm going to be a lot more present around Great. what language I'm using with, because yep. I don't want to be the devil. Like, you know, it talks about the parents, the religious leaders, the teachers, right. you know, it's like, those are the people that entrap us in this whole, what yep. the devil wants, because they're yep. telling us the subtractive thought. Yeah, exactly. So let's go back to the skills. The first one is self-talk. So we need our self-talk to be proactive. But then you said the next thing, as you brought this up, he thinks he wants to occupy empty space. So now if we go to confidence, which we know we wanted to talk about, so we'll, we'll go in detail when we're ready. But when we're passive, okay, with ourselves, you may be telling yourself what to do, meaning you may be additive, but if you're too soft and you talk to yourself super quiet, what's happening to occupying the space? It's soft. It's weak. And so what does the devil do? He's like, I can beat that. Yep. And he comes in and fills in the space. That's why true confidence is being assertive. When you're assertive with yourself, your tone is strong. And what's occupying the space? That. You are. And there's the, that is why confidence, confidence, that is why that has been found to be the number one most critical psychological characteristic influencing human performance. It is bar none the most important. So... I'm recruiting a candidate to work with me. Okay. How do I test his confidence? So can we talk about what it yeah. is? Yeah, let's talk about, yeah, there, complex. yeah, go so, that. Because I was like, man, I could talk for five hours on this. I'm like, question, yeah. question, question, question. So yeah. keep it's going. It's complex because most people talk about confidence. They don't know how to do it. Yeah. That's why this is performance psychology. You've got to know how to do it. Passiveness is not confidence. I put passive down to bottom. Passiveness is a I stink, you're great mentality. Yeah. That's a lose-win, Okay. I'm putting myself down. And when I'm doing that, I'm not owning the space. And I even have science here that's cutting edge neuroscience that says the highest level of human performance is deliberate self-talk. Not positive, deliberate, deliberate. Meaning whose thoughts should it be? My thoughts. Aren't your thoughts. It's being, it's owning your identity right. and saying I am speaking it. to when this. When you're being passive though, what's happening to owning your identity? It's just you're succumbing to everybody yes, else's. Yes, you're giving it away to everybody. Yeah, you're else. giving it to everybody. You're yep. saying so I empower all you and I don't own me. Yep. So that's worst case scenario. Okay. Then you got the other end of the spectrum is arrogance. See, most people throw yeah, arrogance, aggression. And you're in your book, mind. In Fearless Mind, it uh-huh. talked about yes. arrogance versus confidence. Yes. And I always had this debate because I'm like, if you're effing LeBron James, how does he not be arrogant? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? It's right. kind of like, yeah. I am not well, that good, great. It's you know a good what I mean? example because arrogant people are born on third base, meaning they're born better looking than the average person yeah. or they're born into wealth or they're born with a bit, they go through puberty earlier and are bigger and stronger or they're born into... They do well academically earlier. And so they've had success early with no effort. And so when others start working hard and start to pass them up at like age 13, 14, how are you maintaining your confidence when you don't put effort in? Because as you see, you're not a learner, you're a non-learner. So what happens? We have to tear people down to make yourself feel better. So So arrogant people are always, you suck. You're terrible at this. You're terrible, it's personal, and they're always undercutting you. See, arrogance is always putting people beneath you. Hmm. Can you see that? Yes. So is that a lose or a win for that's them? A, it's a win-lose. That's a lose for them because they're not getting better. And it's uh, a lose for else. They're not progressing at all. Yes. They're just trying to There's stay no here and yep. stop everybody yes. else from doing this. So can you see that's a lose-lose? Yes, that's a lose-lose. And that's why arrogant people are dangerous on your team. Because not only do they not perform, what do they do? They bring other people around else down. You don't they want arrogant. You've got to try and change it fast. I, go, I live by a three-strike rule. I try to help them and turn it around. But if they don't become learners, meaning growth, 
They're in fixed mindset. Yeah, I, I hate saying this, but you got to cut them loose. Even if they're because pretty they talented, yeah, it's like they, naturally you could be so gifted, yep. but you keep just maintaining. Can you see why Bill Belichick with the Patriots? Can you see why the San Antonio Spurs with Popovic, guys that are great, but they'll let them go? Why do yes. they let them go? Because they're killing the culture of the team. That is so crazy. Can you see that? And that's what makes them such amazing coaches. Yep. So that's why. So two ends of the spectrum, both. Again, if we go through this, passive is a lose, win. A lose for me, win for others. Arrogance is a lose for me, a lose for others. Because So both of those don't perform. And let's go down one. So then aggression. See, most people don't understand the difference. Aggression is I'm better than you. So if you're here, I'm putting myself above you. I'm not undercutting you. I'm putting myself above. I'm better than you. So, you, so what happens with aggressive people? Do they perform? Heck yeah. Yeah. Can they focus? Heck yeah. It's all dependent though on who's next to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because it's like as long as they have somebody that they yeah. can then be performing just a notch above. Then they think they're I, good. Then they think they're good. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So they're all subject to their environment. Right. So if we play tennis and you're really, really, really bad at tennis and I beat you, what does that make me good or just really, really bad? Exactly. I, I may not be good. This. I'm just better than you. And that's, here's, yes. And here's the other problem. When we're always trying to beat somebody, we always will perform to their level. So that's why in seeing that. I think I'm very, I'm a very, what do you call aggressive? Or aggressive. Aggressive yeah. person. Like now thinking through this, uh-huh. I'm like, I wouldn't call myself arrogant, but I actually think I am pretty aggressive. <laughs> Can you see aggressive this? The aggressive people perform. They get it done. So what's yeah. happened to passive and arrogance? By the time you're saying the NBA in the NFL, what's happened to, to passive and arrogance? They're not there because they're not getting better. So which is the two most predominant? Well, aggression and assertiveness we'll go to in a minute. But which is the most predominant? Probably aggressive. Aggressive is. So the more high-performing you get, how much how much aggressive people do you have coming around you? And so it's very it's it's super hard to play team uh-huh. when you're yes. all aggressors. And so what happens a lot of people is they start becoming passive because it wears them out. Yeah. And they stop competing. They stop competing with themselves. Because they're like, he's a bigger bull in the room. I'm yep. still a big bull, but I'm just done yep. fighting. And then they withdraw. Oh, wow. So I think I've, I literally can pinpoint times in my life where I've done, done that, that yep. or I've watched others on my yep. team do that. Yep. When they're not the best, they withdraw. Yeah. Every, no one's truly, every, we all oscillate in these different mindsets. Yeah. We all predominantly stay in one, but we all oscillate. No one is truly just passive because their resentment's building up and then they'll lash out and be aggressive. I've watched that. That was again, my right? wife, dude. Really? No joke. Like our first two years of marriage, very like a succumb, and now really? she found her voice, and it was like, wow, you just went bitch mode on me. <laughs> like, holy cow! And now she's backing down to like. Yeah, that's great. It's crazy. It's like we just had this thing yesterday with the counseling lady, and it was like we kind of came to this realization, and she like it hurt her, and I was like, that makes sense. Okay, here's the no one calls a divorce. Who does the passive person marry? The, the aggressive because they aggressive because yeah. they want somebody to tell them what to do because yeah. passive people are always waiting yep. lose win they're always waiting waiting for somebody to ask them out waiting for somebody to tell them what to do waiting for something to happen yeah. aggressive people want who? Well, they want somebody follow. to tell them what to do yeah. and so what happens passive and aggressive people marry each other but as a passive person starts to find their voice like you said or become assertive they want more control yep. but often an aggressive person doesn't want to relinquish control 100% divorce that's our marriage. <laughs> right. like, we, you know, that, that's so funny that I'm seeing it in so many different ways, but I've never studied it like, I've never had it explained this way because I think it's an interesting, 
mindset. So is there a middle? Is there Absolutely. A, is so that, assertiveness, yeah. let's go to the best one. Yeah, yeah. See, again, because... So assertiveness is the best one. Assertiveness is the best. Because, again, passiveness is a lose-win. Um, arrogance is a lose-lose. Aggression is I'm better than you. All of those are rooted in the comparison with others. So you're competing with somebody else always. Mm. Assertiveness is I'm good. I'm good, you're good. Assertiveness is a win-win. Mm. So the thing that people don't understand when you're assertive though, when you're assertive, you're assertive first with yourself. And when you're assertive with yourself, you compete, but you compete with yourself. So now you're not threatened by aggressive people. You're not threatened by arrogance. You could probably get annoyed with passive people and you're just out there trying to make it work. And you see, when we're passive, the focus is always this out to end, like I mentioned. When we're passive, it's always about on me, what I'm not getting, what are people thinking of me? It's always about me. When I'm aggressive, I'm trying to be better than you. So again, it's always about me being better than you. Yeah. When you're assertive, I'm not, it's not about me, it's about the task. And I love seeing how good I can execute the task. I love the challenge every time I go door to door to see how well I handle the people, to see how well I can sell. I love the challenge of trying to hit these goals. I'm not threatened by any of these things anymore. Instead, I'm just alive and I'm passionate about seeing how good I can handle things. I love that. So when there's challenges, when there's adversity, what does it do to you? Nothing. Nothing. There's no fear. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're. You're just zoned. You're in the. You're, you're in, in the, the zone. When you said earlier, problems. you're like they put a shield around. Yeah. Their people and yeah. cut, like caged them into assertiveness, yeah. essentially. And you're not threatened by people. I wrote this actually. I was driving up to our cabin in Idaho because I was doing this coaching session a lot and I got my 11 year old just to type it. Here's what thoughts that popped in my mind. I said, when we're passive, passiveness, we're not in control of our thoughts. So what it leads to is this hyperactivity to where we overthink things and we overanalyze. And when we're passive, we're always, we dramatize everything. We overcomplicate everything. We're like, should I go to this door? Should I go to that door? Should I do this? Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do this. Why is this not working? And you're overanalyzing everything. Mm. And it creates this hyperactive mind, and that's where ADD and ADHD comes from, because we live in the digital age, and we're talking 100 miles an hour, and we're spinning out of control. So what happens to our anxiety? It goes up. This is literally what happened to me about a month ago now. I walk out of my house, and I'm like, should I take the truck, or should I take the SUBI today? Uh, maybe I'll take the truck. No, maybe I'll take the SUBI. It's more fun. No, the truck, the old truck, because they were doing all this construction. I was like, Craig, take the truck. <laughs> and as soon as I said that, no more mental resources deployed to the decision. I just turned and walked to the truck. It wasn't a like this. No more discussion. Anxiety around. Nope. Am I doing it right or wrong? Yep. Am I? It's just. Yeah. You made a decision. I know I'm going crazy here, but one more. I love it. No, keep going. I had like multiple speaking engagements. I was like in four different states within a week, and I had this last one on a Friday at four o'clock in Park City, probably the smallest of the of all of them. And I turned up there at 3.30, I was just a little fatigued, and I sat there in a chair, and I was like, just sitting here by myself without anyone before. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm like, this is a little one, though, it's okay, no big deal, 100 people, it's no big deal. And so I walked in there, and I was just sitting there a little tired, and all of a sudden, I started to get nervous. I'm getting nervous, because what mindset did I get into? Passive. And when you're passive, what what, what occupies the space? The devil. The, the devil, yeah, the fear. And the I'm fear. like, all of a sudden, I'm like, no. I'm representing me. I need to do a good job. And I start talking to myself in my head. Like, I don't want to kill my throat now, but in my head, I was like, be assertive. So you can yell to yourself oh, in your head. As long as it's words. Yeah. See, aggression is just, ah, anger. Okay. There's no deliberate action. 
It's do you like, see that? Do this. Yeah, there's. I could actually catch myself even just making loud noises in my head. And that's anger. Your anger <laughs> is anger. It's frustration. Yes. You're just mad. Whereas assertiveness on the high end of assertiveness, it is deliberate. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, be assertive. I'm going to do this. I'm going to crush this. I'm going to do this. And so I'm telling myself in this really strong tone of what to do. And then they introduced me. I get up. It was by far the best performance I've ever done. It is by far the most fun I've ever had. And it's by far the most, I wasn't self-conscious or worried about me and, and my ego was completely, I feel like, under control because all I was doing was trying to deliver the best speaking engagement I could for the people in the audience. Mm. And it wasn't about me, it wasn't about any of that, it was just about me trying to do what I could for the people. I had so much fun. That is awesome. And I walk off stage, I'm like, I gotta get there every time. Because that was the most fearless I think I've ever been. It wasn't about me. It was about them and seeing what I could do. It was a win, total win-win. Well, think if I, you know, before every door, before every meeting, Mm -hmm. before every demo I give, like whatever it is, it's like if you entered with that, with that assertiveness, what is the outcome? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 like a lot of people. (laughs) It's so funny. I get so many people that are like, "Well, just nobody wanted to buy today." What a passive thing to say. Yeah. Like, you just didn't make anything happen. That is a happen. passive comment. I'm like, you, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, so if I knock that same neighborhood, talk to the same people, you're with telling me. With the right me, energy. Yeah, with the right energy, you're telling me nobody would have bought it. Well, you're just, I'm like, nope, there you you're go. Certain. And it's, yep. I think it's so interesting because it's what are we, wh- how often do we need to be having those conversations of like, Craig, come on. <laughs> right. you know, it's like, yeah. wait a minute, I'm representing me. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, and I think so often, we get worn down to where it's like not again. Like yeah. I don't know. I just that's when we're passive. That's when we're worn out. We're being passive with ourselves. With ourselves again. Some of us are assertive with people, but we got to be assertive with ourselves. Yes. Sometimes we're too soft with ourselves. We're like, oh, woe is me, and all of this, and that. That's not humility. That's being self-deprecating and putting ourselves down. Other times we're too mad at ourselves. Assertiveness is in the middle. Hmm. And so think about this too. If I'm passive, who can I sell to? Can I sell to assertive and, and aggressive people? No, they I'd never no, touch them. It'd just be no, passive to passive. They don't, yeah, the only person you can sell to is passive. Yeah. If you're aggressive, who can you sell to? Well, you can sell to passive, passive and you can sell to other aggressive. But if you're assertive, who can you sell to? Every single one. Everyone. Because it's irrelevant. Right yeah, it's irrelevant what they're yelling at you about. You're kind of like, okay, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, I need to get angry back. And yep. You know what I mean? The yep. aggressor comes out of you. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah, if somebody's yelling at you, you stay assertive with yourself and you use humor or you use whatever yeah, you're... to try and get the other person to meet them halfway. I love it. Okay, so let's transition into confidence now. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people in this job, they're like, man, I just wish I had more confidence or I wish I could recruit more confident people. Like, mm-hmm. what creates this confidence? So confidence is assertiveness, assertiveness is confidence. Okay, so you just... Assertiveness is confidence. So let's go, there is, let's transition to how you build it though, like you were saying. Yeah, how do you... But, but here's the truth though. The second we're passive with ourselves, what happens to respect? We lose our own We lose respect. respect. What happens to respect from everyone else? They, See, they just the walk up. You become they a doormat. Up. Right. When you're assertive with yourself, now what happens to your self-respect? goes up. Okay. What happens with everyone else? They want to be around and there's you. confidence. They, yes. So okay. how do we build it, though? In all the years, I've been studying this. I've been mapping it out. i got so much research on human performance after the last two decades. So much. Still to this day, this is my favorite topic. 
because confidence has been found to be number one as we talk about, but no one knows how to really build it. This is the steal the slide. It's like my eighth lecture at the, it's the second last lecture at the university. I save it towards the end. And here's the number one thing that builds confidence, your previous performance accomplishments. And that's in your book. That's in the book. Yeah. Which, what does that mean? We're all taught you gotta learn from others, you gotta learn from others. What is the research really saying? You should learn from who first? Yourself. Always, so always learn from it, yourself and, and first. And applying it to sales, it's like Brian Tracy says, when's the easiest time to get a sale? Right after a sale. That's it's, it's, it exactly. kind of goes back to that. Because you're building that confidence. Yes. See, confidence is built off something you've done. There's a big difference in belief Belief is something you trying to, you need the belief to do something you haven't done yeah, yet. Yeah, you're aspiring. It's right. the faith of like, one day I could. Right. So that's why after, this is why all of you guys out there are listening to this and all the times I speak, why I always tell everybody, get a journal and write down the three things you did well. Your three one. Yep. I implemented that. Because it works. Because when you do that, what is the most precious resource? Confidence. That's our most precious human resource. And what's the one number one way you build it? Your previous performance accomplishments so it doesn't necessarily be let's say I, I haven't sold in a week and so it's like well I'm still getting your sales so technically outcome. it doesn't take previous performance outcome performance yes okay. it's the performance because so I want to distinguish door. the difference between right that. yes I'm glad you did it's not man it's not my previous outcome accomplishments it's my previous performance so every opportunity there's a chance to do what yeah I worked really I worked on the hours today I worked hard I did this well I did this well I did this well I smiled more today I like, building, well, building yeah. confidence yeah and the more you fill your mind with that yep then confidence will then be it and, 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 and the other thing I love too and I know I'm passionate about this but the more you do this the more you're building skills that are unique to you so now you figure out your own journey and your own path not somebody else's and so I know these guys are taking your script and going out there, which is great, but they're learning from you. What they should first be doing is learning from themselves first. Yes. Now, number two is number two is vicarious experiences, which is learning from others. But I think the order is critical because if you're learning from somebody else first, I'm conforming. I'm conforming to you. When I'm conforming to you, now I'm not being assertive at all. Now what mindset? Passive. Absolutely. And so I want to learn from myself first, then learn from others second. So I have my identity first, and I'm owning it myself first. So it's then funny. Learn from others. It's second. funny you say that because I, I just trained a bunch of these owners, and part of the the training that I did this weekend was I said training. It was all about recruiting and onboarding reps, and I said the biggest problem I think we have in training our new reps and new hires is we say shadow me, shadow me, and then come to my correlation and role play, and that's our training extent. I said, it's more powerful to say, here's the stuff I need you to read, I want you to write it out, I yeah. want you to think through it, and then I want you to go so do much it. Better, I want so you to go do better. it, yeah. and then I want to analyze it together, and I want you to reflect. Because they got to do the mental work. They have to do the mental they work. They have to do the mental work. Versus relying on yes. my experience. See, let's go back to right at the beginning with the neurons firing. Yes. If they're not doing the mental work, whose who's messages, whose talk is being fired? Not theirs, yours. And now they're conforming. Yes. And now when they wake up in the morning, what happens to motivation when it's not their thoughts? It just is non-existent. Yep. It's like, it's well, that's not my shit. thought. Yeah. Yes. So but let me ask you this. I went for a week, haven't gotten a sale. As a leader, a trainer, mm -hmm. how do I still help them see the wins yeah. so that they don't lose confidence? Because I think a big problem in our industry is a guy starts, doesn't make any money, quits, but it's like, dang, he really had a lot of potential. Just didn't give him enough chance. Yeah, you got to. I, I think his you confidence went like this. Love it. I think you got to start at the beginning with not the goal of closes, but the glow of I need you to get this particular skill down. 
I need you to get this skill down. And then so at the end, because that's something that's performance, that's something he has control over. As he's getting the skills down, he's feeling building confidence because he's getting the skills down. Then the closes will just come. Once they start to close, then you switch the objective, the from skills to the closes as they build that confidence. Because I think so early on we put the objective as closes it's too fast. and then they feel this anxiety of like, well, I'm not doing that, so I lose my confidence. I'm yeah. maybe not cut out for this. And yeah. then they beat themselves up. And I would even say, even as, in, even as I'm saying this, it's critical to always have uh, expectations around skills, always. Even as you bring in the outcome goals. It's still, like outcomes irrelevant. Yeah. Because, and I actually train on that a lot because if the outcome is what every all you're rewarding and you know yeah. it's just that it's kind of like you're only limiting what's the aggressors yeah you think about it it's kind of like what is outcome yeah it's if we focused only on the skills like a wooden principle almost yeah. it's like the very fundamentals the outcome just comes it's yeah, a when byproduct you, when you focus too much on outcome you do that's where the aggressiveness kicks in exactly and you too you who's know better than who yeah and, and you all your energy is going on the outcome not on actually the performance so if you're always focused on the outcome, your development is not as rapid. Whereas you focus on the performance, there's no end to how good you can get. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like society is telling me five a day is right. really good. Yeah. When <laughs> there's guys that did forty in a day, and yeah. it's like I didn't even know that. Like you know what I mean? That was possible. But yeah. Exactly. And yeah. so I think that's an interesting principle of mindset because there's a guy just recently that you know my best week I was number one at alarms and and my best week was twenty nine. Mm-hmm. This guy just went into two hundred and seven in a week. Really? Yeah. And I was wow. like, I'm good. Just blew it out of the water. You take, you take the top five guys, if I could pick my dream team, uh-huh. we would still don't beat them together. Right. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Like, That's and, amazing. You know, and I think it goes to the principle, and, it, and I put, it's just been mind-boggling to me. I'm like, yeah. that's not possible, right? And I want to throw darts. And I, but it comes back to mindset. For him, he, didn't, he was assertive. Yep. He wasn't passive. He wasn't aggressive. It yep. was like me versus the number one guy here. It was me versus me. Yeah. And that's He's it. just competing, yeah. He's just competing himself. Yeah. So previous performance yeah. accomplishments, one, vicarious. vicarious, two. Third is your um, verbal persuasion, which is your tone. Can you see assertiveness is tone? When you're passive, what's your tone in your head like? It's weak, right? Yeah. When you're aggressive, it's just raw energy. Your tone in your head needs to be strong so you own the space. That's that verbal persuasion, meaning will. Sometimes you've got to will yourself to higher levels. Some, uh, what we tend to do when things don't go well, sometimes we overthink things and we overanalyze things and that's where the processor, the overthinking, which I really believe professionally, overthinking is one of the banes of our society right now. We as a human race overthink things. And it's because we have so much access to information. So much stimuli coming at us and all stim- the time. Yeah, yeah, it's like we're overstimulated. Yeah. yeah, and that's we still got to think, we're just overthinking. And so that verbal persuasion is, no, I'm doing it now. I got this and you're just literally willing yourself through things yeah and I think what's so interesting is it is this world we live in a distracted world yes and it's like and with an ADD job all of us being ADD door knocking salespeople is I think a lot of times we fail to act we fail to decide we fail to move we get indecisive we get indecisive and I I watch that over and over again and it's like just go. Just yep. put your head down. Go. Yep. Do what the Nike man says. Just do Just it. Do it. Yeah. Go. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, what if I said it wrong? It's like, who cares? Yep. Go. Yeah. Like, see that. What if I say it wrong? That's that passive over. That's the and that's also the negative. That's the negative. That's or, negative feedback. What do you call it? Negative. Subtractive. Subtractive, yeah, subtractive feedback loop. Yeah. yeah. 
So anything else? So I know we're running out of time, but yeah, one more is, thing. Yeah, I was gonna fourth say, one yeah. is what's, oh, your right. physiological states that builds confidence, and that's the Tony body, Robbins stuff. Yeah, that's, that's body language. Yeah, it's the swagger. You got to have the right swagger. You got to have that assertive swagger. That's, do you do anything crazy like physiology to shift that? Just got to make sure you got to be super aware of your posture. You think passive people, what happens? The second you can see it, as soon as they get passive, one passive thought, shoulders down. You know, ar- arrogant people literally look down their nose. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Uh, aggressive people are in your space. Assertive people, what's their body language? Tall, straight, smooth. They walk at a nice pace. You can see it on their body language, their handshake, their eye contact. It's assertive, all of it. So it's being present around yep. what is my body language telling yep. Yep. me right now? Yeah, I'm just controlling that. Yep. So do you have any hacks that you have found, like any just like do this, do this, do this, yeah. like that you would recommend? I would write down, be assertive, get a dry erase marker, write it down on your mirror, be assertive. Just the words, be assertive, are strong. Then I would say firm tone of voice, and I would say strong body language. Those are three applications to it. Cool. Those three. And then all of a sudden confidence will just start to build yeah. Yeah. because you're practicing it. You're and, intentional about and, it. You're and see, that's the key. Is you, uh, they, we've got to practice it. You've got to practice it. Because if I tell you what it is too much, now what mindset are you in? I'm in reactive. I'm passive. Yeah, I'm using passive your – my neuro connections is yours, not mine. And that, that's one of the biggest things I say. Write down, be assertive on your wall somewhere and go and figure out what that looks like for you. Yeah. Be assertive with yourself and figure out how it is. And then I need them to come back a few times just to be able to really get them to understand and articulate what it looks like for them. It's unbelievable when we get confidence down there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Teams have been working with just crushing it. Uh, business companies, singers, uh, musicians just crush it when they're truly assertive. Because when you're assertive, it literally gets rid of thoughts of approval. It's just your thoughts. So now what happens to the strategic tactical plans you put in place? They're so they're yours. They're yours. Yeah. You're in flow. You're in flow all the time, always having a plan, always solving problems. Versus like, is this plan going to work? Like, what do you think? Like, yeah. yeah. You're just always putting plans in place. And if it doesn't work, you just come up with another plan. I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, I honestly like appreciate one, you taking the time out of your busy schedule. Thanks. This has been very. Like, I just get a lot of energy. I'm like, we could go on for hours, man. I know you got other calls to make, but I'm excited to obviously have you at Door to Door Con. That'll be, that'll be fun. I mean, there's only 10 main stage spots, and you're one of those. I mean, it's so we're we're stoked. Um, And then, uh, yeah, for those that are listening or catching this, uh, thefearlessmind.com, that's where they can get your book. I love his book, by the way. Go get it. Very recommended. Um, And then the last question I ask every single person is just, you're going to have a short, simple answer. But if you had to give the advice to the door-to-door industry, and it's interesting coming from you outside of that industry, yeah. but you've worked with them. Yeah, I have, yeah. Um, what, what piece of advice would you give them? Okay, so other than being assertive, you gotta do your research, which means get a journal, and at the end of each day, write down the three things that worked for you, the previous performance. If you're writing down three things that worked for you, you're doing your research, you're gonna figure it out super fast. Yeah, because you're more intentional about learning and yeah. the, it's you're in the growth mindset yeah, you're increasing your intelligence around your field of expertise it's additive thoughts yep and it's doing learning it. what works not what doesn't work yep. i love that so fast if you do that and also when you do that you're seeing your successes cool yeah okay well thank awesome. you so much thanks Sam. thank Appreciate you it.